Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports independent tech news directly. If you're already a DTS member, thank you. And if you're not one, become one at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, November 27th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Knox Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And from the snowy hills of the Finnish countryside, I'm Patrick Beja. And from a progressively colder L.A. County area, I'm the show's producer, Roger. I don't know if you want to go toe-to-toe with Finland on cold right Yeah, now. I was going to be I, I, was gonna go I colder. said it was progressively ah. colder. I didn't say it was mm. colder. Than I, I, you still, it, it, it hurts my sensibilities. <laughs> That's just a frostbite talk. Uh, we are going to talk today <laughs> quite a bit about uh, a ruling by the French regulatory agency under the GDPR that could have, maybe, maybe not, but could have sincere implications for the ad tech business. We're going to walk you through all that, but let's start with a few other tech things you should know. YouTube stopped allowing annotations in videos made after March 2017, and now it's getting rid of existing ones, too. Annotations will no longer be shown on any video starting January 15th. Hmm. Wonder what the all the implications are there. Google product leaders told Reuters that Gmail's Smart Compose feature will not suggest he or she to prevent predicting sex or gender identity incorrectly. Gmail has 1.5 billion users and Smart Compose assists on 11% of messages sent worldwide. The policy affects fewer than 1% of cases. And Google also posted to its blog that the Pixel Slate will be available at retail Thursday, November 29th. People who pre-ordered have started receiving their shipping notifications, so congratulations to you. The Pixel Slate costs from between $599 on up to $1,599, depending on the configuration. Your keyboard costs you an additional $100. 99 bucks and the pen is 99 bucks. But let's talk a little bit more about an intriguing patent. Indeed, Techtastic, the very well named Techtastic, noted a patent filed in South Korea by Sony Interactive Entertainment shows the design of a new electronic game cartridge. The Verge points out that in May, Sony's PlayStation chief, John Codera, said he saw portable gaming as one method to deliver more gaming experiences. I mean, that doesn't mean they bring back the Vita, does it? Well, I mean, so the reason why this makes people think of uh, portable gaming consoles is that, of course, home consoles now use uh, disc media. So a 
cartridge could be used for a portable device. This is interesting. It's not a hundred percent unexpected. I think this is kind of a uh, corollary to a warning I've been uh, bending about for a while, which is do not trust tech journalists to make accurate predictions about gaming, uh, the gaming industry, because <laughs> they're, they're, um, you know, uh, uh, not similar, but they're cousins, but they're very different industries. And when a lot of people were saying mobile gaming devices, dedicated mobile de gaming devices are going away, because we see uh, mobile phones, I think a lot of people, or at the very least, I'm going to speak for myself, me said there is a space for a portable device that is dedicated because they provide the kind of experiences that gamers want. Um, and so, of course, the Nintendo Switch is kind of half-filling that role, but it doesn't mean that there wouldn't be a space for another competitor. And maybe Sony is thinking about at least, at the very least, um, uh, prototyping stuff. Now, of course, it's just a patent, and they yeah. probably file millions of patents uh, every every year. So, I billions. I am, but my head first went to the Nintendo Switch. Like, ooh, a Sony, a Sony Switch type competitor that could be interesting. But really, where where my head ended was why why game cartridges? Like, even if you have a portable game console, you, do you need a cartridge? That that seems vestigial. It, well, I mean, yes, a little bit, but remember, there are still people and parts of the world where the internet connection isn't good enough. Sure. And, and just for habits, uh, if you're going to release, essentially, if you're going to release a portable device today, I don't think it's an automatic uh, uh, certainty that you're not going to include uh, uh, physical media. We're yeah. not there yet. It's just not very portable to have to carry a cartridge around. I'm not saying you'll always have a connection, but but you know, if you just have internal storage, that ought to be enough these days. I think it addresses more the frustration or the outrage that people would display if it didn't if if it wasn't possible to purchase mm. physical media mm. than to actually uh, address a, a real issue. Maybe people would want it and then not use it as much as they thought they would. But still, it's, you know, physical media, a lot of gamers are still very attached to it. Just in time for the holidays, Huawei posted a teaser on Weibo for a phone with a circular camera cutout placed at the top left corner of the screen. A notch replacement, perhaps. A leaked image of a screen protector for a Samsung phone showed a similar circular camera cutout in the screen. And Samsung confirmed it is working on this to The Verge. Yeah, so obviously you can't do multiple cameras. You can't do the 16 cameras that LG wants to do or anything like that. So this would be your mid-range phones. But it is a, an elegant way to get a full screen into a mid-range phone uh, by just placing that camera, you know, over in the corner of the screen. Does that mean, do you think, uh, there is literally no screen at that specific location? Yeah. So like a all of your apps would just show well, nothing at that spot or would yeah. need to be designed around it. Right. But hmm. that is a, that is a question of whether, whether that part of the screen is then used <laughs> or does it just get in the way? Uh, you know, if you're playing a game or, or using an app that has important information up in that corner, how's that handled? I'm, I'm curious about that too. Yeah, it seems it would be a case by case basis on how it would affect the usability of each app or function of the phone. My guess is for Android, it might just, 
not use that screen unless the app particularly told the phone it was designed for that. You know what I mean? Right. It just essentially doesn't display what it's supposed yeah. to display there, which, as you mentioned, in some apps might be problematic. Well, I was thinking if it, if the app doesn't tell the Huawei phone or the Samsung phone, I'm designed for this screen, it would have the top of the app stop below the, the cutout. Oh, I don't think so. That would negate because very yeah. few apps are going to yeah. be. Yeah. Is that no, and that would, but, but I mean, that would be the only way to handle it. Uh, and, and then, so. and then, when you're full you screen just, on the phone itself or any of the native apps, they would handle it and it would be fine. Mm, I don't. I, it would seem like essentially you would have that cutout in your screen, and then no app would make use of the bezel-less screen that is so gorgeous, except for the native ones. Yeah. How, what if they have an option to somehow uh, uh, access that thing by a special? gesture that makes you move the screen for a little while and then you move it back to access that part of that the- sounds very samsungy yeah and Wabit could do that too for sure the south china morning post abacus news blog uh posted that in the city of ningbo south of shanghai dong mingzhu president of china's top air conditioning company was shown on a public screen shaming people caught jaywalking on camera. This is a thing that a lot of cities do in China. Uh, they'll they'll show people who are caught on camera with facial recognition as jaywalking and saying, hey, this person broke the law. It's a way to try to deter people from breaking the law. A line of text stated that she had crossed during a red light. However, the photographic evidence also shown on the screen next to this declaration was of a bus with an ad featuring Dong's face on it. She was never at the intersection. It was a mistake of facial recognition, seeing her picture on the bus and then assuming she was out in the intersection. Because of that, police admitted on Weibo that it was a failure of the facial recognition system and say they have now fixed it with an upgrade. (laughs) Oh, they fixed it. It's okay. It's fine then. Everything, nothing to see here. Everything's working as intended. I I, I mean, I'm joking, but obviously... (laughs) I love the picture of of the screen. They're like people have captured it and posted on Weibo that you know that picture of the person's face or her, you know, the executive's face clipped out of of the photo. So it's actually just her, the photo of her on the bus with the text saying she crossed against the red light, and then a larger picture that's just of the bus. That would normally be showing the person caught in the act, but instead all you see is like there's a, a bus with an ad on the side of it. I mean, the story is, you know, you, you kind of have to chuckle at it, but think about, you know, the implications is, you know, the, the larger implication is facial recognition is going to uh, produce some false positives here. So jaywalking, mm-hmm. not the end of the world, stay safe out there, everyone. But if it was something like your face was seen at the, at the crime scene, you yeah, know, that right. kind of thing. I mean, obviously, in a in a situation like that, a, a close investigation would have police realize very quickly that was just a bus, <laughs> right? Uh, so, so hope, hopefully, uh, th- that that wouldn't lead to to false accusations. But hey, it does show that facial recognition is not uh, as as solid as, as maybe we fear, or in some cases, authorities would like. Right. I think in, in this case, uh, it's just jaywalking. So it's not that huge a deal. And uh, that person happens to be somewhat famous. So maybe the, the, the second look was, you know, happened where it might not have happened in yeah. other cases. And she was still 
shamed with that yeah. result when the result seems just look at the picture and you see that her face is on the bus. So they didn't even in this case didn't really look at it on, before they applied the sanction. So you know, in other cases, uh, yeah, it might yeah. be more problematic than just a how shaming. Many, for how many people who aren't Dong Mingzhu have been publicly shamed incorrectly? Probably because yeah, you, know, you know they don't have their faces on buses. I guess I don't. Know. Oh, right, they don't. But you know, it just shows these kinds of things can happen. <laughs> and again, in this case, it's just being shamed for uh, jaywalking. Who knows what it can be used for uh, mm. uh, other than shaming for jaywalking? Yeah. All right. Uh, Line will partner with Mizuho Financial Group to create a bank to provide financial services to close to 80 million users of Line's messaging app users. Line will own 51% of the bank. Mizuho will, Mizuho will own 49%. Line also announced, uh, announced retailers who accept Line Pay services will be able to process payments from Tencent's WeChat starting early next year, taking advantage of rising Chinese tourism in Japan. Yeah, this is a big acquisition, and uh, I was a little... Uh, surprised to see that it wasn't getting uh, more pickup in the U.S. press, but uh, Line, if, for one thing, is a, is a is a huge company in Japan on the tech scene that is looking for a way to continue making money as it plateaus on its messaging app system and getting into creating a bank uh, seems like a really good way to do that and also striking a deal with Tencent to say hey all those Chinese tourists with WeChat we'll process those we'll take a cut of that also seems like a really smart move as well. You know, we were just talking the other day about the idea of, you know, to do, you know, uh, if Google is sort of our new bank or Apple Pay and, and all of these types of services. Yeah, I mean, Line partnering to create a new bank that will uh, that will work within the app. Is that something that freaks anybody out or is this just the evolution of, of the, the new financial uh, world we live in? It seems like a step for sure, actually creating a bank. And especially given the ownership of the new entity, Mizuho, if I'm not mistaken, is not a small bank. It's not a thing that they found, you know, that's a small local outlet and they have the know-how for the technical know-how so they would partner with them. It's a large, at least national entity. Um, again, I... Yeah, 1.79 trillion yen in revenue in 2018. So not bad. 30,000 employees. still, uh, Line is going to own 51% of the bank. And it's an app that didn't exist 10 years ago. Um, so in that that balance of power, it's really interesting to note that uh, Line is dominant, not the huge bank. Well, and also as, as apps come and go um, and fall out of favor for a variety of reasons, what if, 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 if and when Line starts to, uh, I don't know, lose users, what happens to the bank? How does that, how does... What does that look like down the well, road? Well, I mean, that that could be a blessing and a curse, right? Uh, you know, rightly so. Like, if this bank, this bank is not Mizuho. It's set up by Mizuho. It's going to be operated by Mizuho. But potentially, it could be used for other things. Maybe Line be, just becomes a bank in the future as as the messaging app declined uh, in that scenario. I, 
I think also people might not realize Line is huge in Japan. Mm-hmm. It's essentially Facebook or WhatsApp. Um, it's kind of indispensable. And it might be that once you have your A bank account there, you don't, you can have multiple bank accounts in different banks, but it might be that you can't get rid of Line. You're mm-hmm. like, well, it's my bank. It's my bank. So yeah. to keep <laughs> that's a good, that's a good way to make sure that your, <laughs> your app stays really popular. Exactly. It's my bank. Got to use it. Amazon Web Services Vice President of Infrastructure Peter DeSantis introduced the AWS Gravitron processor on Monday. Instances using the Gravitron will be called EC2A1 and can run apps written for Linux, Red Hat, and Ubuntu. The ARM-based processor will be offered alongside instances using Intel and AMD processors. Particularly Amazon Linux, uh, Amazon's own distro of Linux on its own processor now running in the cloud. I mean, is this like... Like when you buy the Amazon house brand of, of shirt or cable, now there's an Amazon house brand of processor running your cloud instance? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what this <laughs> Amazon is. Amazon basics for your processor. It's the This is the beauty of, a, of an ARM processor, right? Is that it's an open design. Uh, you do have to license it, but it's not prohibitively expensive, especially for a company like Amazon. Uh, it's not easy to design a chip. But I think it does say something that more, and Google has done this as well. Apple obviously designing its own chip. More and more companies are are deciding to design their own chips. Amazon acquired a company that does this sort of thing for this very reason. It's interesting because it means they have more independence on the hardware side as well for their server business. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's another step in the entrenchment of these companies that own everything they do. Yeah. Um, it, it does. It's not the biggest concern in the world because it's kind of uh, uh, a little bit opaque. You know, it's not very for uh, consumer facing. But still, AWS is, as we keep repeating every couple of weeks, gigantic. And now they don't need anyone to keep running, kind of. I'm exaggerating. Look, I put on my Amazon Basics uh, shirt and and, and jeans. I sit down at the desk I bought on Amazon. (laughs) I push some code from Amazon Linux up to the Amazon Graviton-powered cloud instance while I eat some Whole Foods for lunch. What's the problem, Patrick? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Don't forget you know, your Amazon nothing. microwave to read <laughs> Which I heated in my <laughs> Amazon wrong. smart microwave. <laughs> None of these things are inherently worrisome, but when you put them all together, it's kind of starting to look like, I don't know, something worrisome. <laughs> Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day, don't forget we have a show called Daily Tech Headlines that does it for you in five minutes. Helps you keep up at dailytechheadlines.com. All right. We're going to talk about a ruling uh, from the French data regulator. I call him CNIL. Uh, there's, there's lots of ways. Say what? CNIL. CNIL? Schmazel, yeah. Hoff and Steph Incorporated. <laughs> uh, I'm going to describe how real-time ads work to help you understand CNIL's uh, actual ruling, and then we're going to discuss what the implications of this would be. So pay attention and hang in there. Uh, This is important to understand this issue, though, because it could have huge implications for you as an end user as far as how you're advertised to you and what services can be provided on an ad-supported basis. So Vectory is the company who's affected directly by this ruling. Vectory is what's called a demand-side platform, DSP for short. Basically, Demand side means they service advertisers. Advertisers have a demand to place an ad. Vectory helps them out. Now, the following process I'm going to describe takes less than 100 milliseconds, all right? This is automatic. 
So an advertiser makes a bid. They probably even put in parameters to make the bids automatically. Let's say one of the one of the bids is they want an ad to reach a 23-year-old female who recently shopped for a jigsaw but also has shown that they like the show Game of Thrones. All right? That that you can target in those kinds of ways. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. A DSP like Vectory handles this by taking that bid and doing it with an SSP, a supply side platform, uh, which places ads with publishers. Vectory says it deletes 70% of the data it receives as part of this process, right? Because the SSP has to say like, hey, we have this many people who fit that description. Here they are. They get that data. They say, we get rid of most of that, but... Keneal found it had data on 67.6 million users derived from 32,708 mobile apps. Now, a lot of this programmatic advertising and the reason for SSPs and DSPs is because we don't have rich cookies that you can set like you do on a desktop browser on mobile, especially for apps. So you need these ad targeting companies that say, we collect all this data together to help you target because we know you can't just set a cookie and use that. Vectory like others in this chain, ad exchanges, SSPs, etc., often rely on the publishers, like the apps, to get consent for them. And that's important for the GDPR. The GDPR requires consent before you can collect and use this data. So, Keneal ruled that when apps asked users for consent to gather the data to make all this work, they did not follow GDPR requirements for informed free, specific, and unambiguous consent. Uh, Informed because Vectory didn't, according to Keneal, 
tell everyone exactly what partners would receive the data on the first page. You could click I accept without ever seeing that. Users had to choose to refine their preferences, then scroll down, then a, click a link to see the partners. And Keneal said, no, that doesn't, that doesn't qualify as informed. It wasn't free because Vectory pre-ticked the boxes, which is against GDPR uh, Recital 32. It wasn't specific because Vectory used some non-standard language on the consent screen, and Keneal found it imprecise. And here's the big one. It was ambiguous. Article 7 of GDPR requires that any company like Vectory show a chain of consent for each user by purpose, that the user said, yes, it is okay to use my data for that purpose. Vectory thought they'd satisfied this because they had contracts with these supply-side platforms, with these apps, to get consent from the people. And they said, look, we, we got a contract right here. It says they will make sure that they get consent for the purpose. And Keneal said, look, the mere presence of a contractual clause is not enough. Vectory must validate that express consent. They can't just point to the contract. What if it's not being enforced? You've got to audit that. You've got to do your due diligence. Now, why this could be a precedent is that the International Advertising Bureau relies on a constant flow by contract to make this long, complicated ad process work. And by the way, I simplified it just now. If you thought it was complicated the way I described it, it's much more complicated than that in reality. And if the contract part of this is not valid, that entire programmatic ad system would have to change significantly. That may not be the problem. IAB Europe's CEO Townsend Fian told TechCrunch that he doesn't think Vectory implemented it correctly. He's like, look, we've got a framework. They probably didn't implement it right. And back in September, Armand Heslot, a privacy and security expert at Keneal, said on a panel in Cologne that the IAB framework is not perfect, but it's going in the right direction. So it's not like they've said, yeah, this is, this is not okay in the past. But what if it isn't? Uh, we, we have some, some folks out there. Johnny Ryan of the browser Brave is among people who've been filing complaints saying these chain of consent contracts are not sufficient. And they've been filing complaints all over. They're very pleased about this decision. They're going to use it in future complaints. And if they are able to get it thrown out, real-time bids with that kind of highly specific targeting would not be possible anymore. You could still do real-time bids, but you'd be limited to targeting your general region. Like, well, that person's in the LA area. We can target them based on that. Or that person's in the Helsinki area. We can target them based on that. But we wouldn't have the more specific information. This is how DuckDuckGo does it. DuckDuckGo is a privacy-based search engine. It does ads, but it does them based on what they call real-time interest. So if somebody searches for Game of Thrones, okay, a Game of Thrones ad might be surfaced, but they don't know who the person is searching for Game of Thrones. They just go based on what's being searched at the time. Johnny Ryan, I mentioned him, uh, of the private web browser Brave, believes this could end up eliminating clickbait since it would be hard to buy an audience cheaper somewhere else like you can right now, and prices would rise for the good publishers uh, and it would possibly reduce the dominance of Google and Facebook. So, and that's all the time we have. Thank you very much. <laughs> We've got a couple more minutes. I know that's a lot to explain. Uh, but in the end, you can see where. We've got this very complicated ad system. Uh, we've got this ruling that says, hey, the whole thing that this whole ad system is predicated on might might not be valid. Yeah. So forgive the very obvious question here, but we're talking about whether or not this is this is a precedent and what it'll mean going forward. Who decides that? What, you know, who who has to make a, a enough of a um, yeah. 
you know, a stink to actually change anything if this is indeed is a precedent. The next regulatory agency that rules on one of these complaints from Johnny Ryan and friends uh, is the next piece in that. There's not going to be one one supreme right. person who who puts it in place. I, I think I'm right about that, Patrick. I, I wonder if, you know, uh, Vectory could change the way they do it and conform to the IAB's uh, um, framework and then go back to the CNIL and say, all right, you know, we fixed it. What do you think now? And maybe they could say, uh, yeah, th- this works. This is this is better. Um, you know, if I, I'm going to put on my uh, anti- uh, you know, pro privacy European hat for a second, and I think a lot of your audience probably heard all of this and thought, "Oh my God, those Europeans are crazy! They're impeding, you know, the the march of progress." And of course, you're going to have issues like this because you you shouldn't have the government meddle in what is a technical issue. But if you agree that private information it should be protected which europe did with you know different things including gdpr and i would add i think a lot of uh, um the world also agrees on on principle you know if you agree that private data should be protected and should be uh, uh not should not be given without consent this is the kind of thing, this is the kind of issue you have to get into and you have to arbitrate on. So, yes, it is complicated. Yes, it seems kind of uh, uh, overly technical. But the important question isn't whether or not... Um, uh, oh, damn, I forgot their, their name already. Um, Vectory. Vectorly. Yes, thank you. Sorry. Uh, so, Vectory did or didn't comply with the GDPR, I think the more important question is, should you worry about your private data at all? Because again, I think if you do, then these kinds of questions are inevitable as we spit out what we can't and can't do uh, uh, with the, that type of data because the system is like this, super complicated. Yeah, I think... I think- What's my guess is going to happen is Keneal, uh or or another agency will will have another decision and be able to show it wasn't that they relied on a contract. It's that they didn't do enough to make sure they were using their contract as a shield for bad practices. And that's why we busted them. And if you're relying on a contract and you've done due diligence and they're reliable contracts and you can show that it won't be a problem. And I also think uh, if I understand this correctly, which I might not, um, I also think if they let this slide, it could then open the door for other types of companies to, again, decide that they're going to work this through a contract and then say, well, we had the contract. We didn't know what was happening and and elicit more yeah. or worse type of behavior. So it's important maybe possibly to uh, to say, no, sorry, this kind of uh, uh, construction, legal construction for your responsibility in this can't be validated in the gdpr framework 
Well, I don't think this is the last we've heard of this story, but you know what you can do with stories about this in the future is submit them to our subreddit. Thanks to everybody who does that. Submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. You can also head on over to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Let's see what's in the mailbag. Oh, it came all the way from Cape Town. Thinus wrote in and said, your story on the Wi-Fi speeds being below mobile networks makes complete sense for South Africa. Broadband penetration is very low and also very costly. Most of it is still ADSL with fiber being rolling out slowly. 4G coverage, on the other hand, is far better. Hmm. Our biggest networks, Vodacom and MTN, achieved... 85% and higher population coverage, and they also signed roaming agreements with the smaller two networks to boost their coverage. The report makes sense to me. Data, however, remains very expensive on mobile, limiting the benefits of these speeds for the bulk of the population. Ah, love getting feet on the ground reports like that. Thank you so much. Hey, um, in Finland, a lot of people have unlimited data plans on mobile and use that only. So it's not as fast as... uh, wired but a lot of people use that and they're very happy with it well thanks also to patrick beja for being with us this wonderful tuesday patrick what has been going on since we saw you last uh lots of things as always but uh, one thing i would recommend people go check out is mvgb the monthly video game briefing uh you can get a a quick briefing about the video game industry and the news that matters to people who are not super hardcore gamers but uh more casual or want to know what's happening for their children or their co-workers and things like that um and it's an offshoot of dtns as you might have guessed by the name uh we co-host like my co-host is Scott Johnson on that show. It's just once a month, so easy to get into. And it's available at um, uh, 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 dailytechnewsshow.com slash MVGB, right? Absolutely. Yep, that's right. Yep. Go there check it go. out, folks. Uh, also, uh, right now, we're trying to get to our, our monthly goal of one more patron than last month. We've picked up two patrons since yesterday, and you could be the next two if you're two people. And if you become a patron or even stay a patron between now and December 5th, we'll make it worth your while, or at least we'll show our appreciation. How about that? By sending you a holiday postcard with a special message from the DTNS team. Uh, Remember, you have to give us your mailing address when you sign up on Patreon, or if you're already a patron, go in and add your mailing address. If you want to get the card, you don't have to put in the mailing address if you don't want to, uh, but we can't get it to you if we don't know where you are. Uh, So do that right now. Sign up at patreon.com slash DTNS. Do do you send overseas? We love getting your... Yes. Yes. Overseas. Excellent. Anywhere in the world, even South Africa. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We are live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 21.30 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow uh, to talk about the devices uh, folks need when they're in the military with Anthony Lemos. Talk to you then. part of the frog pants network get more at frogpants.com diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this program (laughs) hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. 